Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. It's the shot heard round the range. It's noon for Monday, April 19th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on the brand spanking new Frank app. Just launching today. My profile's already up. The app is not quite up yet, but I'll be there when it is. You can find me at Chris Paul on there. And go check out the merch store at www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 89th full day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. To the extent that at China's behest, the prime minister of Japan arrives at the White House with no one there to greet him. Joe Biden apparently felt a little off. Maybe he had a touch of the COVID, so he stayed upstairs. Oh, no, wait. Joe doesn't actually live at the White House, so who knows where he was? Kamala Harris handled the greeting and spent about a minute of that time just demeaning America in front of the Japanese prime minister. But fake President Joe was nowhere to be found. Joe Biden is also the patriarch 
of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, communists. America on the world stage now looks exactly as you wanted it to. So a happy Patriots Day to everyone. This is the day in our history where the battles of Lexington and Concord began. One of the great days in American history. And today so far seems like it might be another one of those. So Mike Lindell. And by the way, I will be on uh, the Frank speech Frankathon this afternoon at 3 p.m. Central time. So that's 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. for the West Coast people. And if you're somehow in mountain time, I guess that's 2 p.m. for you. <laughs> have I have I detailed that enough for everyone? People somehow don't seem to be able to calculate the time zones. It's very difficult. You add one <laughs> or subtract one. It really just depends on which direction you're going. But I'll be on there this afternoon to talk about uh, free speech and cancel culture and whatever else. And that's very exciting for me. I'm very happy about that. And I'm glad to be there on the first day as that new project starts uh, this morning. Uh, Mike Lindell and Alan Dershowitz announced a one point six billion dollar lawsuit against Dominion. So there is no more of Dominion throwing their billion dollar lawsuits around trying to stifle speech, trying to scare people out of telling the truth about what that company is. That company exists to enact voter fraud on behalf of global communism, period. That is what it is used for in every place where it is used. So that's big. Closing arguments in the Derek Chauvin trial are happening. And the election audit in Maricopa County begins on Thursday. Perkins Coie, of course, is down there trying to disrupt this. And they've already had BLM and Antifa flown in. They're being put up in hotels and they have a week of rioting planned. And I imagine that how this is going to go down is that Chauvin will be acquitted as he should be because he did not murder George Floyd. It is impossible to murder someone who died of a fentanyl overdose. And they will use that as a justification for these riots. And they will try to say they will try to justify the riots at the Arizona audit by claiming that somehow a forensic audit of the election would be done to disenfranchise black voters. I am nearly positive that, that, is, that this is what it, they are going to try. I mean, it's not going to work because that's one of the stupidest ideas in the history of ideas. But that doesn't mean they won't try it. They do this often because they have people that will simply repeat the slogans. And if you have people that will repeat the slogans, you can tell them to say anything. And then all of a sudden, 30% of the country thinks the dumbest thing in the world. And because they find themselves saying it, they'll actually do the mental work themselves to try to justify it further. And so they'll be like, well, this doesn't seem right. I know I'm saying it, but something seems off about this. They'll retreat to their computers. They'll go to Vox.com and the Daily Beast and the Huffington Post and the New York Times. And they'll turn on Brooke Baldwin or some other moron on CNN. And they'll hear the exact same slogans repeated to them. 
And they'll be like, oh, that's weird. You know, I had some doubt about it, but now that 15 other morons have told me the same thing, I guess it must be true. But that's not exactly how it works, commies, is it? You still know. In the back of your head, you still know that you're just repeating a slogan and you have no clue what you're talking about. And now that we're talking about that, I can't believe I started a Monday without extending a warm welcome to redeemable communists. Hello, communists. Welcome to the show. You're not going to like it at first. You might like me, though. I'm going to try to make you like me. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to care. I don't care if you like me at all. All I want you to do is sit around for about 30, 40 minutes. Just take it in. See how it feels to finally get ridiculed the way you deserve for the stupid and evil ideas that you can't seem to get out of your head. And if you do that for long enough, few weeks down the road, three, four weeks from now, I'm going to have turned you back into an American. It's like getting your summer body together. Except it's in your brain. And then you'll go to those parties and you'll talk to people and you'll be like, wow. There are a lot more communists than I thought. And none of these people know anything. And that's what happens when you are connected to reality and actually having conversations with people rather than just arranging photo shoots for 30 minutes and then taking 17,000 selfies until you find the one that looks exactly as you want it to. And if none of them do, well, hey, there's more plastic surgery. And so as you can imagine, uh, communist heads are exploding all over the country because they can't handle news about a billion-dollar lawsuit against Dominion. They want all of this to go away, all right? They are the sorts of people who, if they were ever challenged in some way, their number one instinct is to hide from that challenge for as long as they can. And the fortunate part for most of these communists is that their lives are so insulated and their social groups and their work environments are so insulated against people with other opinions that they're actually able to hide from reality pretty successfully. That time is coming to an end. Now, it is nothing but a cruelty in my mind that the politicians, the Obamis and Romneys and commies in the political class and all of the same people in the media, in tech, in universities and elsewhere, all of those people have convinced them that they're all right, even though they don't know anything. And they trust that the terrible arguments made by communists are actually good enough. They don't understand that the reason their little commie child brains haven't erased those ideas is because the counter narratives that could erase those ideas from their little commie minds has been censored. They don't get exposed to the truth. So they continue to just believe whatever the television says. And it really is quite pathetic. 
But the thing is, Kami, you don't have to be that way. Okay? You just need to let your mind crack open a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more so that you can start listening to opinions that you didn't receive from the television and consider whether or not something in those opinions rings true for you. And if it does, rather than getting that feeling of insecurity where you feel like you have to blast back against something and eradicate all those people that don't agree with the thing that you think you know, just keep listening. If I say something that you think is wrong, go look it up. Prove me wrong. Prove yourself right. Chances are you're going to prove yourself wrong. And at that point, the question that you should have in your commie brain is, wow, what else was I wrong about? I think that thought every day, okay? That's what open-minded people do. They're constantly questioning even their own deeply held beliefs. And I'm probably going to get to talk about this a little bit with Mike Lindell today. But I think that if you went through the last year plus with coronavirus, riot season, like fake Black Lives Matter cases, and a fraudulent election, if you've been through all that stuff and you haven't questioned any of your deeply held beliefs, something is seriously wrong with you as a person. It might just be that you're way too sheltered, but it could be something much deeper in your character as a result of the societal brainwashing that you've been subjected to throughout your entire lives. So the solution is not to like feel bad. It's to humble yourself. Okay. No one on our side wants to publicly embarrass you if you're in a learning process. But if you are not in a learning process and if you are trying to reject all of the opinions that you didn't receive from the television, I am going to mock you relentlessly. And I'll do that because I'm not afraid of doing that. And I actually don't think it's immoral to do it because you didn't get into those beliefs through logic and reason and evidence, and you're not going to get out of them that way. You got into those beliefs because those beliefs hold social capital for you. It improves your standing in a certain circle of people to hold on to those beliefs. And I'm here to tell you that there is no social capital in those beliefs. Holding those beliefs should be seen as embarrassing. Believing that Joe Biden got 81 million legitimate votes in the 2020 election is an embarrassing belief to hold. Because to hold that, you would have to believe that Donald Trump added only 12 million votes onto his total. In reality, it's much more. But let's just leave it at the 75 that the television says. So that's 12 million more votes for Donald Trump. In four years, 12 million more people voted for him while you all have been telling each other that the whole world hates Donald Trump, right? But that's not it. 15 million more people would have had to vote for Joe Biden beyond what Hillary Clinton got. 15 million more people. So that means that in the 2020 election, 
the vote total increased by 27 million Americans. In 2016, only 129 million Americans voted, right? Well, roughly, let's say 130. It was 66 for Clinton, as the television says, 63 for Donald Trump, as the television says, and then whatever for the third party candidates. So let's just say roughly 130 because I don't feel like looking it up and it's irrelevant. But regardless, we're talking about somewhere between 20 and 25 percent, a 20 and 25 percent increase in the overall voter turnout would have been required to get Joe Biden 81 million votes when Donald Trump received 75 million. That's not possible, communists. I don't care how good Stacey Abrams is at, quote unquote, registering real voters. We're going to find out they're not real voters, commies. That's going to suck for you, too, huh? But there's absolutely no way that the country just saw a 20 percent rise in overall voter turnout. That's insane. It's also insane to believe that a man who can't think in complete sentences and didn't bother to campaign and is compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and was obviously hiding his son's laptop that has proof of his son's degenerate lifestyle, Joe Biden's own degenerate lifestyle, and the fact that both of them have been selling Joe Biden's political office for 50 years. All of that is on the hard drive. All of that will come out. But that guy, that guy received 81 million votes. Really? You think Joe Biden got all the Hillary voters, all of them, and then added 15 million more voters? That is so stupid. And of course, it's totally without evidence. The only way you could believe something that ridiculous is by trusting whatever the television says. And by the way, when I say television, it's all the same thing. CNN is the same as the New York Times, same as the Washington Post. It's the same as Twitter and Facebook. They're all controlled. It's the same information stream. That's why everybody who doesn't read and doesn't think believes the exact same thing. Hey, Kami, if all your smart friends agree with you, you don't have any smart friends. Edgy, huh? Kind of makes you feel a little bad for a second, doesn't it? You're like, well, that's not true. I have tons of smart friends. No, you don't. No, you don't. Think about it. Think about it. Who's your smart friend, Kami? Who is it? You're having some doubts, aren't you? How much time does your smart friend spend on Instagram or watching reality television? How successful are they in their dating life? What kind of music do they listen to? Is it mostly Beyonce and Cardi B? What kind of movies they like? Lots of, uh, lots of action movies, lots of romantic comedies. 
When was the last time your smart friend read a book that was just literature and they weren't doing it because Oprah told them to or some dumb feminist told them to? It's just literature, just good classic literature by a real writer. Do they do that, Kami? They don't do that. They just take pictures of their food mostly, right? Yeah. Do they set up photo shoots, Instagram photo shoots every time you all get together? You don't have any smart friends, Kami. I know you think you do, and I know they went to college. Trust me, I know. But you don't have any smart friends. And I think that that's basically a perfect introduction to what I was going to talk about first today. And I... I really have to like rein in my opening rants. I mean, I feel okay about them. It's just, I never expect them to be this long. And then they are. That's what she said. So Bill Maher on Friday had his final new rule devoted to misinformation about the coronavirus. And he referenced a study that I had talked about a few weeks ago that showed that Democrats are completely uninformed about the most basic coronavirus information. Okay. 41% of them believe that 50% of the people who get the coronavirus end up in the hospital. It's actually about 1%. They say one to 5% in the survey, but that's wrong. It's about 1%. And I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's about 10% of Democrats that understand it's between one and 5%. 90% of Democrats are clueless, absolutely rock dumb clueless about one of the most basic elements of coronavirus. And this is one of the most critical elements too, because ending up in the hospital is a scary scenario. And they think that scenario happens Half the time. It almost never happens. They are scared of nothing and they don't know it. But that's not good enough for Bill Maher, of course, because Bill Maher wanted to keep it even. He can't allow for the fact that it actually is conservatives who read the science and who know what they're talking about. That's not an okay position on real time with Bill Maher. He still thinks masks work. All Democrats do. He's not out there saying, hey, by the way, masks don't work. Look at this study. Look at this study. Look at this study. Look at this study. I've described how masks work in a million different ways, showing that they don't work. I've given every logical conception of that issue I can think up. I can talk about masks in 10 different ways. Bill Maher can't talk about it in one way, right? He still believes the television on that. It's funny, these communists, man, these these communists who think they're smart and who think that they have like outside the box points of view. They basically have one or two views that stretch the boundary of what's okay to believe. Bill Maher had the numbers in front of him. And at best, he was able to report them to people. Democrats know nothing about science. They know nothing about climate science either. And he brought that up. He was like, oh, well, you know, the Republicans, they have their own problems. They're the climate deniers. Oh, and the survey found 
that they all have the wrong idea about asymptomatic spread, which we know is a thing and Republicans just deny. No, Bill, that's not a thing either. You're wrong about that one, too. And the people who ran the study were wrong about that. They kept that as one of their premises, but they misdescribed it and then misreported the results. And I went over this on a podcast episode before. So whatever. But the other thing is Bill Maher is saying this 13 months later. This isn't secret information. There was never a time where it seemed to anyone like 50% of the population who contracted the coronavirus was ending up in the hospital. Like, shake your head, Bill. I love the sound of maracas as all the little pebbles in there bounce about. And again, Bill Maher used to be a hero of mine. I've met him a couple of times. I've hung out with the guy. Like, but I, he lost track somewhere. Okay, and it could just be the different differences in the information stream as a result of social media and his bubble has constricted as a result where many people's has expanded. But he hasn't been right about anything in a good five or six years when he is right about something, it's almost by accident. It's like in one of those places where the the crack in the communist story grows just wide enough for some light to appear. And then it shines on his face and he's like, oh, I, I figured something out. I have to tell everyone. Like, hey, Bill, 60% of the country already knows that, dude. You're pretending Joe Biden won the election. What are you going to do then? These people are completely unprepared for the reality on the horizon because they have ignored it for so long. And they have reinforced the bubble position. And he tried to do that even in this semi-effective monologue. The Republicans are not the ones with misunderstandings about the coronavirus. There has been no proof of asymptomatic spread anywhere in the world. This is not a widespread issue. It is something that Anthony Fauci calls theoretic. Oh, yeah, there's a chance that could happen. And we've built our entire response around the idea of asymptomatic spread. So the thing is, not only is the thing that he's saying Republicans are wrong about, another thing that he's wrong about. But even if Republicans were wrong about that, even if asymptomatic spread happened a lot, we haven't made any decisions with the cultural power we possess that could turn that misunderstanding into a problem. The mask mandates remain in place in most of the country, in the place where the mask mandates have been taken away. There has been no rise in coronavirus cases or deaths associated with it. So if asymptomatic spread is a thing that happens, you're going to have to explain why the mitigations against that asymptomatic spread have made no difference. And of course, they can't explain that. So I guess that I appreciate the fact that Bill Maher is trying to help a bunch of child-brained communists tie their shoes for the first time. But that's not going to get them on the school bus, Bill. For someone who 
pretends to be so constantly ready to be canceled. And for someone who actually has been censored as he has. He's still really, really afraid of getting to the actual truth. The truth he speaks about on his show might push the boundaries a little bit for the communists, but it makes no difference because the truth he's really afraid to say is the one that is going to make his own perceived peer group upset with him and his perceived peer group is the intellectual class of the party of false decorum. He can't have Eric Weinstein and Sam Harris and Ian Bremmer and MSNBC hosts on his show. If he actually starts talking about real truth and actually tries to find real truth, what he's doing and what the entire intellectual dark web always did was give the slightly right of center edgy views, but only edgy insofar as the party of false decorum might feel dangerous listening to them. Like it might be enough to get some CW actress to walk away in disgust if she heard it at a cocktail party. That kind of view. But that's not anything. It pushes the ball nowhere. It's just a repeat of the same stupid nonsense. It's a little bit closer to truth. But where does that get us? Nowhere. He still hangs out with Maskies and Obamis all day long. It's not good enough anymore. There is no intellectual value in expressing an opinion that was widely available 13 months ago And it took you this long to actually figure it out. Here's a similar sort of brain power. It's almost paradoxical that on the one hand, they want to be relieved of the restrictions. But on the other hand, they don't want to get vaccinated. It just almost doesn't make any sense. Now, you see, that's the sort of thought. So dumb. That to think it, you have to actually be a moron or a liar. And thankfully, Fauci is both. So I don't have to spend time trying to figure out which one it is. But there is no paradox there, Tony Fauci. Again, this is a phenomenon that can only be achieved by the people in the party of false decorum actually thinking that everyone else in the world is so, so stupid that they agree with all the same premises, but that they don't know how to respond to them or that they're just so malicious that they won't listen. Anthony Fauci thinks that it's strange that someone who no longer wants restrictions also doesn't want to get the vaccine. But there's no paradox there. I don't want lockdowns, I don't want masks, I don't want social distancing, and I don't want real life canceled for a disease with an infection fatality rate of 0.15% that I likely cannot get at all, and if I do, it almost definitely cannot harm me in any way. I do not want restrictions to mitigate against a disease that has the same 
fatality rate as a an average flu and has the same symptoms as an average flu. And someone pointed out online yesterday, and this is a brilliant thought, but Seattle this year has zero flu deaths. Zero, zero flu deaths. Isn't it amazing that we have replaced a disease with another disease that kills people at the same rate and has essentially all of the same characteristics? Isn't that incredible? How did that happen? (laughs) Communists actually think that it's because of masking that people don't have any flu anymore. And it's like, well, wait a second. Then how do people have so much COVID? Like, oh, their brains explode and it just makes a fart sound like a light little fart sound because there's not that much in there. It's not like shrapnel and, and spatter across the windows. It's like a soft fart. The commie brain just dying forever. And becoming one with the ether. So no, Tony. I don't want restrictions for that because it's not scary and making sure that no one in the world ever dies again is not achievable or desirable. And it sure as hell isn't the point of life. The point of life is to live. Life is for the living. So no, I don't need restrictions, whether it's a cold or the flu or a very, very deadly coronavirus that isn't more deadly than a cold or the flu, of course. I don't need restrictions for that, okay? It's got nothing to do with the vaccine. I'm not scared. And most of the country isn't scared either. That's why you have vaccine hesitancy, because no one needs a shot for a disease that cannot kill them. And how is it possible that someone whose job apparently, is to understand public health. How is it possible for that person to have not yet understood that most of the country is not scared of the coronavirus? So that's part one. But part two is, in his mind, in the commie mind, vaccines are how you get to not have restrictions anymore. They see that as a straight line kind of thing. Like, oh, I got the vaccine, so I don't have to have restrictions anymore. I was actually in the car on Saturday night. I I, I caught uh, an Uber home with some nice people. We live in the same neighborhood. I was going to let them jump in my car, but my car canceled, so I jumped in their car, and it all worked out. But we had a conversation on the ride home that was mostly about masking initially, and uh, we were just like telling jokes about masks before we got in the car and we got in and, the, and they were both like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're all good. Like we've both had double shots. And I was like, what? And by the way, these kids are younger than me. They're like maybe late 20s to early 30s. They're not even mid 30s. Right. These are like late millennials. I mean, literally their chance of death from the coronavirus is after getting it is like one in 50,000 for real, totally healthy people. And they said they had both been double vaccinated. And I was like, Hey, you know, guys, I I know that this can be like a precarious conversation. I'm not trying to like start any issue. We can all just sit here in silence for all I care. It's all good. But 
Can I ask you why you did that? And uh, the girl chimed in first. She was just like, and they were boyfriend and girlfriend. So I think that truthfully, I think the guy just did whatever his girlfriend did or whatever his girlfriend told him. But his girlfriend was like, oh, I did it so I can travel. And I'm like, really? Like you made a, a critical health decision based on whether or not you could travel, even though we don't know if any travel restrictions based on the vaccine will actually ever be put in place. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And she's like, yeah, you know, I just like, I always want the easiest thing. It's whatever. I just said, whatever. I got the shot. Now I get to travel. Wow. Really? So I'm saying, I was like, uh, do you want to have kids someday? And she's like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, well, don't you understand that women's menstrual cycles are being affected by this vaccine? Like, don't you see that there are reports of this potentially making women sterile? You don't know about any of that? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, but wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I was like, you got to answer this for me. And you got to think about this because I don't understand like how we have just given away all our authority, even over our own bodies to the television. I was like, you are making a medical decision that might make it so that you can never reproduce. Now, I don't know that's true, but just the thought that it's possible makes it worth considering. I mean, this vaccine, in quotes, is available under an emergency use authorization. It hasn't even been fully tested yet. How could you possibly know what it's going to do to you? The fact that this many side effects and this many bad consequences are already coming up should be a warning signal for everyone. And you did it because you thought you might not get to travel enough? And I'm not trying to make fun of these people. They were really sweet people. I really think that they've never thought about this. And they're in these, these bubbles of other Obamis and Maskies where everybody thinks that because the television says it and they've all agreed to do it, that it's a good idea. That's not a good idea. I cannot believe that women of childbearing age are even considering getting this. It's, it's horrifying to me. Like, depending on how much of the world takes this thing, this could be an extinction-level event indirectly, but seriously, in terms of population... I'm not trying to go overboard here. I'm really not. And I understand that this thing is not completely proven. But women are having menstrual reactions to this. In fact, now there are reports of women having their menstruation altered by being around women who were vaccinated. And that's crazy. And to Fauci's point, yes, there are maskies and Obamis and Romneys and commies in the world that think, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing so that I can go back to normal life. Well, hey, commie, pull your pants on, go outside without a mask, and go about your life. What's the hesitation? You think someone's going to be mean to you? They're going to argue with you? This is what you do to everyone who doesn't agree with you. 
You subject the rest of the country to that treatment all day long, every day. And you feel morally righteous and justified in doing so, even though you can't explain any of your positions. You don't think you can take it to walk into a shop and for someone to say, hey, you got to put your mask on. And then you either do it to be polite because you're in a private business or you say, actually, I'm not going to do that. I will be happy to leave and not give you my business and to never return here. But I'm not going to put the mask on. You can do it. You're not going to be arrested. Your friends might think you're a jerk. They might make fun of you. They're going to do that because they're scared. And they want you to be scared so that they feel comfortable being scared. These are the same people who will gladly kneel because Black Lives Matter terrorists tell them to. Is that who you want to be, Kami? You feel that, Kami? That's you thinking that maybe you should become an American again. You should get into that feeling. Take it on. Let it grow. Enjoy it. It's fun being an American. It's fun enjoying your freedom. It's fun knowing that you are an autonomous person with individual rights allowed to pursue your desires to the extent that they don't harm other people. That you can live a unique life, the life that you believe you should live. And if you find out you're living wrong, you can just change it. That's what freedom gives you. But let's hear what else Dr. Joseph Mengele, I mean, Anthony Fauci has to say. It is that when you get vaccinated, you are clearly diminishing dramatically your risk of getting infected. That's one of the things we've got to make sure everybody understands. You dramatically diminish it. However, what happens is that you might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms, not know you're infected, and then inadvertently go into a situation with vulnerable people. And if you don't have a mask, you might inadvertently infect them. Now, there's a small... I hope at some point someone asks him, by what method exactly would that happen? Can you explain the scenario where something like that is possible? I wonder if he can. And I said on Friday I was going to do this. I did it on Saturday. And some very good folks in my Telegram feed who I think listen to the podcast have gotten this list of questions I wrote out to Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't even know if they're going to read it, but I hope they do. I hope someone in their office reads it because there's like 200 questions that if Anthony Fauci was to answer all of them, even if he was to decline to answer some, you would know why. And if he was to lie about them, of course, I would know how, and they would also be expository of what he was really thinking. But I wrote a list of 200 plus questions that Anthony Fauci simply cannot answer because if he answers all of them, the narrative would fall apart completely. Again, you guys know how much I've been following this a year ago, a year ago, I put up a podcast called revisionist history and you can go and check that out. And that's about the coronavirus response in May of last year. It's amazing, but that all holds up and very little has changed. We keep pretending that we have this new virus that nobody knows about. 
That's not true. All of this stuff was known before we ever locked down. And I can prove that to anyone. That's not a hard thing to prove at all. In fact, if you doubt me, just go to Sam Harris's podcast and go to March 11th of last year, or maybe it's March 13th, but I think it's 11th. And there is a doctor from the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security on there. I think his name is Amesh Adalja. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but you can listen to him talk about the statistics and what things might help. It's never been a mystery. This information has all been out there. It's just a matter of whether or not you subject yourself to listening to it when it finds you or you go out and find it for yourself. And the people who don't do that are continually behind. But there's Anthony Fauci again, just making up a reason why we still need to wear masks. Unfortunately for Anthony Fauci, there's no proof in the world that masks work at all in preventing viral spread. And of course, they can't. Now, another study came out from Stanford, authored by a man named Baruch Vainshelboim. I hope I'm saying that right. But it's published on the NIH's own website. For real. It says the conclusion, by the way, I'm, I will read exactly from the study just so that there is no doubt here. But here's the conclusion. The existing scientific evidences challenge the safety and efficacy of wearing face masks as preventive intervention for COVID-19. The data suggests that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of viral and infectious disease such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, supporting against the usage of face masks. Wearing face masks has been demonstrated to have substantial adverse physiological and psychological effects. These include hypoxia, hypercapnia, shortness of breath, increased acidity and toxicity, activation of fear and stress response, rise in stress hormones, immunosuppression, fatigue, headaches, decline in cognitive performance, predisposition for viral and infectious illness, chronic stress, anxiety and depression. Long-term consequences of wearing face masks can cause health deterioration, developing and progression of chronic diseases and premature death. Governments, policymakers, and health organizations should utilize proper and scientific evidence-based approaches with respect to wearing face masks when the latter is considered as preventative intervention for public health. What else do you need to hear and know? This article cites 67 other studies. This study was authored at Stanford. The study was published for review last November. Isn't that amazing? How does no one hear that? It's almost like they suppress it. In fact, that's exactly what they do. Because One of Donald Trump's communication guys, I don't know if you remember Steve Cortez, he used to be on CNN pretty often in the 2016 campaign, but he tweeted a direct quote from this article and Twitter banned it. So now you're actually not even allowed to share the actual science on social media if it conflicts with the narrative. There is no need to wear masks if you've been vaccinated. There is no need to wear masks 
If you have not been vaccinated, masks are bad for your health. They are bad for you as a person. And they are bad for us as a society. Okay? The Democrat Communist Party is literally teaching new generations of people to hate other people. Okay? I don't walk around and drive around seeing maskies being like, oh, gosh, I hate that person. I hope they die. I just think, oh, wow, another dumb maskie. That's unfortunate. And then I move on. And if that maskie wants to chat with me about masks, I'd be more than happy to talk their commie way through it. And hopefully I can get them out of that and reclaim another American. But if I can't, I'm not going to suggest they get kicked offline or not be allowed to enter businesses or that they should be killed. Not going to do any of those things. I'm not going to be like some dumb actress in Hollywood and call them a terrorist. But consider the reverse. Consider all these masky parents putting their two-year-olds in masks, putting their seven-year-olds in masks, making their kids play sports in masks. They are destroying their kids physically and psychologically. And because the kids will naturally reject nonsense like having their faces covered all day, the parents will have to enforce it. And they'll teach those children that the people who are not doing the masking actually don't respect other people. They actually don't care if the rest of the world lives or dies. And once you teach a child that, how does the child respond? Well, they'd be like, oh, if these people don't care whether I live or die, I guess I don't care if they live or die either. That right now is what Maskies, Commies, Obamis, and Romneys are teaching a generation of children. And strangely, that's not the only destruction that they're bringing to bear on that generation because they've already kept them out of school for a year. And none of them can explain that. The truth is, the explanation for masking is simple. It is the only way to maintain this level of fear. It is the most visible way to understand, even subconsciously, the idea that COVID is a threat. Okay? And I'm not, under, I'm not saying that most people will think of it that way, but that's, that's what it's meant to communicate. If you went out in public to a crowded event, for instance, and the rule was you can forgo the mask if you're vaccinated, then you have half the people, or 30%, however many Democrats there actually are, they would be vaccinated, they wouldn't have their masks on, and then they would expect everyone else to be vaccinated? Of course not. Everybody knows how that would go. Everyone would take their masks off, right? Because if the commies don't have to put the masks on, then none of us are going to. The only reason we ever comply is because it's so annoying to deal with the commies. They want the mask on because they want to continue to be allowed to enforce masking on us. That's the long and short of it. The mask is a social control, and that is it. I mean, it's also very bad for your health. It would be one thing if it was neutral, but it's actually very bad. Now, I don't know if in some way they find an advantage there. Maybe they do. They'll create more problems that they can then solve with more vaccines. But let's leave that aside. Maybe they don't want to cause all the negative consequences of masking. 
But the only benefit is the social control. And they know that Fauci knows that. In that same interview, he said, we're going to see numbers very soon that will allow us to scale back that mask thing. (laughs) Oh, really? What numbers? When's it going to happen? How do you know it's going to happen since vaccine hesitancy is apparently such a big problem? Those are all interesting questions. It's almost like he's just making it all up. It's almost like if we had stopped wearing masks months ago, like the grown adults that we are, this would just be gone and forgotten about and no one would care. I was reviewing some of the uh, coronavirus statistics over the weekend. And did you realize that the numbers were the highest in early to mid-January this year, the numbers of deaths per day and whatnot? And then, of course, they adjusted the cycle threshold. Now we don't have that problem anymore. But the numbers this January were bigger and scarier than the numbers last April. Does that make any sense with your view of the real world, with your experience in the real world? Of course not. Those numbers make no sense at all. We didn't hear more stories about hospitals over being overwhelmed and no hospitals have ever been overwhelmed. Let's just be 100% clear about that. Because if no one in the country has been triaged for care, if no one was refused care because of hospital capacity, then it really doesn't matter if doctors were busy. I mean, cheers to the doctors. I know they're hardworking and I'm not trying to uh, diminish their efforts in any way. But the system exists as it exists. It has a capacity. If it reaches that capacity, that means the system worked. Okay. If it didn't go over that capacity, then it really doesn't matter that ICUs were at 91%, according to a CNN article. Who cares? They're doctors and nurses and health professionals. They did their job because they are professionals and because they have a commitment to saving lives. They did their job. I'm sorry if they had some long days and long nights. That doesn't mean that we get to pretend that the healthcare system was overwhelmed. Never was. Sorry. Just simply not true. Now, before I go, I want to point out this Maxine Waters thing because I was discussing her last week and how she's probably one of the stupidest people in the world. And she has a reputation and she's constantly on television for who knows why. I have no idea. But the Democrat Communist Party seems to love her. They feel like that's her cool. That's their cool old black friend. They actually call her Auntie Maxine. Have you ever heard that before? It's ridiculous. Like, she's a congresswoman. She's not your friend, man. She's supposed to be representing South Los Angeles, one of the most third world places in the entire United States. And it stays that way because she's so corrupt and so bad at her job. But she left and traveled from wherever she was, definitely not in her district, to Minneapolis. To join the rioters. And she went down there and she said, and this is all on video. We've got to stay in the streets and we've got to demand justice. We're looking for a guilty verdict. And if we don't get it, we cannot go away. We've got to get more confrontational. That's Maxine Waters, Democrat communist congresswoman. That, my friends, 
is inciting violence. That is literally, definitionally, inciting violence. She asked for violence. The next morning, there was a drive-by shooting targeting National Guard members. People who are out there to keep the streets safe and to prevent the cities from burning to the ground. And they were shot at. And Maxine Waters encouraged that literally directly with her words. There is no amount of spinning language that the Democrat Communist Party can do that makes Donald Trump's speech in Washington, D.C. on January 6th incitement to violence. It just didn't happen. But this is. And you can tell this is because it's in the language. And then the response was immediate. None of that occurred on January 6th. The timeline doesn't even allow the possibility of that. The physical world would have to exist in a different way. And we would have to be at different points on the space time continuum for something that ridiculous to happen. And the American people know that, which is why the Democrat Communist Party had to throw another sham impeachment just to try to convince them. And why Friar Cuck is still out there last week talking to Anthony Fauci about it. The things these people do make no sense. They project their own guilt. They are liars. This is communism. Call it what it is to its face. Recognize it when it comes to you. I look at these people and all I can think is, wow. You know, if this was 1930s Germany, you would have pointed out where I live to the brown shirts. People who used to be friends of mine, acquaintances, girls I've dated. And they wouldn't even hesitate because they're angry at me because they know people listen to me. And so if I say the bad thing, it's worse than if someone just says the bad thing to them like, out on the street or at a party or something. I say it to other people. And I don't have the right to say this, by the way, because I'm not saying the thing that they like. So I'd be one of the first ones they'd turn in. And you got to realize that, man. You got to realize that that's who these people are. And I'm not saying they should be punished. I'm not saying anyone needs to go after them. I don't believe any of those things. I just want everyone to recognize what this is when it's staring you in the face. We have a chance right now to defeat that. And all we have to do is continue spreading truth so that when the truth comes out in a way that the censors and the mainstream media and every other communist in the old guard, when it comes out in a way that they can't stop, we need to prepare people to be able to understand it. And when they react to it, we need to be able to say, hey, you know, I understand that this is upsetting for you, but it is the truth and it's been the truth and you're just going to have to deal with it. Because we need to make these people Americans again. The country's not going to work if it just ends up being split 50-50 and we get our way and the truth wins You know, that would work over time because tempers would settle and we'd have those conversations and everything would come out fine. But that that does take time and we don't have that kind of time. 
Because with tensions as high as they are now, if the lie that they have told and that they have forced onto each other and onto the rest of us, if that is allowed to continue and festers, then we could have real problems. I don't want violence in the streets. I want these riots shut down immediately. And I hope the National Guard is prepared to do that. And I hope someone is leading the National Guard who is prepared to do that. Because it certainly isn't Joe Biden. But I don't want to see these streets and cities burn. I don't want to see the country burn. And the way we prevent that, you and me, individual Americans, everybody else who's doing the high-level stuff, that's what they're doing, okay? That doesn't mean that we can't be active where we are and do what we can. And what we can do is express truth to each other and call out this fascist nonsense wherever it exists. And if we continue to do that, we're going to get through it. We're all going to be Americans again and everything's going to be just fine. If you're listening to this before 3 p.m. Central Time today, tune in on frankspeech.com and I'll be there talking to Mike Lindell. It might be delayed depending on how their scheduling is going. They've been getting all sorts of attacks online, trying to shut them down. And that's it, man. If you're getting censored, you're saying something that upsets the power system. All right. They're not out there censoring lies. They're censoring the truth. People like me wouldn't be dangerous to them otherwise. Why would they bother shutting down my Facebook, shutting down my Instagram, shutting down my Twitter? They do it because I tell the truth. Now, I don't know if the sound was quiet today. I hope that it's not. I had to get this up because obviously I have to prepare for being on with Lindell. Mr. Lindell, great patriot that he is. I am uh, honored to be on the show and I'm excited for that. And if anybody finds this show for the first time today, welcome. Go add yourself on the Telegram channels. Shoot me a message. I'm on both of them. You can reach me directly. It's easy. There's lots of great people in there having very patriotic conversations and sharing information all day. And uh, it's really like a light in what could otherwise be a dark time for some people. I mean, I think that this is one of the greatest periods that you could ever possibly live in, but that's just me. I'm a little strange. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. 
It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel-couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!